Welcome to the Praise Podcast, where our focus is to bring glory to the God of Israel and proclaim the power of his unchanging name. Today, I have with me my friend Vern, and we're going to talk a little bit about his love story with the Father. Vern, thank you so much for joining me today. Can you tell me a little bit about your faith journey, where you've come from and where you are now? As a kid, I, I was had some exposure to uh, Seventh-day Adventist. I went to a, a Adventist uh, church and school for a couple of years. Um, other than that, I, I really had very little exposure to any type of faith as a kid. And later in life, I ended up coming to Christ later in life. And so that, that's basically where I'm at now. Um, the uh, upbringing in Adventist certainly... Uh, affects me today and I still have that influence on my theology but yeah that, that's basically where I'm at today okay good so you uh before we got on here on the podcast you shared a little bit uh about your testimony with me and it sounds like you had some serious trauma as a kid before you were saved can you share your testimony with the listeners sure <clears throat> uh so I, I like to say there are two days in my life that were very impactful one was a horrible day and one was an awesome day and uh, i'll get back to the awesome day but i'll I'll get on that one is that i i was saved i literally overnight i had a road to damascus experience um if you'd asked me the day before if i believed in god maybe i would have said yes depending on on the day but i didn't after that day it was different but um so getting back to the first day, it was when I was uh, at the Adventist school, and it was January 27th, 1978, and I remember that day very well. Um, it was a Friday, and because it was a Friday, we got off early for Sabbath. I had to get home quickly, and there's a lot more details I could go into, but I, I remember every detail about that day. Um, so we got up early, and my mom's boyfriend would come pick me up because I needed to get home quickly to babysit my baby cousin who my mom was babysitting for. So he was there in a parking lot. We went home and couldn't get nowhere near the house. When we got to my house, there was neighbors standing out. There was police officers around and I remember get out. I got out of the car and my uh, neighbor buddy of mine he was right there, and I guess I had a smile on my face because the first words he says was, you're not going to want to smile when you find out what happened. And uh, at the time, I didn't have no idea what he meant by that. And ended up, long story short, what he meant by that is that around Sacramento, that time, Sacramento at that time, there was a serial killer and a, a pretty especially notorious one. He's uh, used by... Uh, law enforcement as a classic example of the serial killer and my my mom my brother my cousin my the my, my cousin wasn't found at the scene he was two years old at the time and um anyways and, and then there was a for a friend of my mom's they'd all been found in the house by the friend of mine that had approached me he was actually one that discovered it but um 
So yeah, I, I you know it was a pretty gruesome event, and I've always loved reading. And the first thing I did was start reading every that there was newspaper articles every day for well over a year, and I was reading every detail. And, and there were some pretty gruesome ones, and then that, that obviously affected me. And I think for majority of my life, I was chronically depressed, and I still am in a lot of ways, but. Um, that would bring me up to the second day of my second impactful day of my life. And, uh, I was drinking a lot and I was doing other things and I wasn't doing much of anything other than that. There was a neighbor of mine, Herman, and I always remember this man. I pray for him constantly to this day. He, uh, he told me later that for three days, and that was his words, and he recognized the significance of three days, too. How for three days, he felt the Holy Spirit telling him, he, he'd see me down there by the pool. We lived in some apartments together, and I'd be drinking all day. And uh, he felt the Holy Spirit tell him to go, tell him to go talk to me. And he didn't want to. He, he told me there that uh, he thought I'd take a swing at him. And this guy, he, he was a big boy, too. I told him I, I, I wouldn't have even begun to take a swing at you, but he told me how I just despised him because he couldn't, on the one hand, he couldn't resist the Holy Spirit telling him to go talk to me. And the other hand, he, he didn't want to. And he, he thought I'd tell him to, he, he thought I would tell him to go get lost. But I didn't. <laughs> God knew. Uh, I read a statistic that said right after this, uh, it was like um, the, the Christian, uh, the Barner Research Group, that and they did a study that if you don't accept Christ by the time you're 30 years old, the, the chances go way down. Mm, that's was, interesting uh, research. I was, I was about a month shy. Okay. And I always I earned that right at the time. And that's kind of cool. I, I, God called you right on time. Yeah. Monthly or I not have. But um, yeah, I mean, that's a long story, but I, I can go into a lot more details about both days. Uh, but they just they they stand in contrast, and I just praise God because um, I, I'm you know that's been what twenty twenty some years since I've been saved, and 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 what I hear it. what I hear in this is um, you know redemption, and I think sometimes when people go through a crisis like you did when you were just a boy. And it wasn't just a death of a parent. It was a gruesome, vicious, malicious, you know, removal of someone that you loved very much. And sometimes mm -hmm. when people get into that, they don't get out and they do spiral downward. And, you know, we hear sometimes in our circles, people say, you know, God could never love someone like me because I'm an alcoholic or I'm whatever. But I think one of the things I love about your story is your proof that that's actually not true. Because you were at the pit. But I, the other thing I love about your story is Yah, who, you know, we call him Yah because that's what he was called in the Psalms. We know David addressed him that way. But um, God or Yah, you know, he uses people to influence us. And I am so glad that you're still praying for that man because we have to be reminded of the people um, that God has sent into our life to teach us something. I had, act I actually have a similar story with a friend who I had fallen away for six years after divorce and was not 
living a very good life at all. Lots of things I'm, you know, ashamed of now. Um, I don't carry that shame because of who I belong to, but I don't like to talk about it or think about it. And he used someone to literally call me out on all the junk I was doing and say, you need to stop it and get right. And I love that this guy literally told you, like, I did not want to come over here and tell you I was going to pray for you, but the Holy Spirit won't leave me alone. That's beautiful. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And and like I said, um, what did you, what did you, what did you do when he said that? Like when he came over and said that you said you didn't want to punch (laughs) him, but did you receive it? Did, how did you, I mean, you said it was a Damascus moment. So I'm trying to get a little bit bigger picture of you're sitting there doing all the naughty things, right? At a pool, just minding your own business, living your own life apart from God. This guy that you randomly know from your apartment complex, it doesn't sound like he was a good friend, but someone who just knew you from living in the same vicinity approaches you and it says, I'm praying for you. One thing, did he pray for you in that moment or did he just tell you he was praying for you? And then what were the next couple days after that? Like, I I wish I could tell you verbatim what he said, but, um, he just came down and he gave me come to Jesus thing. Uh, I know we ended up going up to his apartment and and doing the whole sinner's prayer thing, which, you know, today would be a different story. But back then, that's what I needed. Right. And, yeah, he, he basically, I, I think it was not more than 20 minutes from the time he came back up there and we were up there in his apartments. And, and I was probably bawling my head off and, and praising God. Cause, and then, um, yeah, the the next few days, the next few years really was just, Awesome. I, I I I quit drinking that night. I don't think I ever had Praise another God. drink. And um, in, about ten years ago, I, I realized I'm strong enough, and occasionally I'll have a, a glass of wine, but not very much. But for a good fifteen years, I didn't touch a drink. I I kept smoking cigarettes for about a year, and it took me that that was the hardest thing is giving up the cigarettes. But I did that. But um, yeah, for for several years, I was just on a emotional, and I don't want to say emotional high, but but for lack of a better I, word, I, I know I, exactly I, what you mean. It's like, well, it starts, and I, so yeah. I want to comment on a couple of things. So one thing you said is you commented yeah. on the this uh, sinner's prayer, and you said, well, today it wouldn't you know it wouldn't be enough. I just want to comment for our listeners that Vern and I are on the same page with this, and in terms of our thinking of our faith, the sinner's prayer isn't the Absolutely. end all be all. You can't just say it and expect that that is salvation. That is that is the first step in repentance and turning your life towards God. But the expectation is you're going to follow through with relationship and obedience, right? So we're just going to clarify that for people listening. Okay. And then the the second thing I want to comment. And and obedience has a specific term too. Uh, Obedience to the Torah. Yep, obedience to his law, what was established at the beginning. Yes, very good. So then you talk about this, you know, this... uh, infatuation or you didn't use that term. That's what I think of because when we first, I mean, I've had, I feel like I've had that moment a couple of times because I had it when I was 21 and I was first saved, right? Like I know exactly what you mean. It's this euphoria of, oh my gosh, I've, I've learned that there's something out there greater than me and he loves me and, and he, he wants a relationship with me. And how can that be? Because look at who I am. I'm just, you know, but then I did have it again too. I had that same thing. Well, first I went through five stages of grief when I learned that I didn't actually understand who he was and what he wanted for me when I first came into the, into the being a whole Bible believer. 
But then I felt the same thing again in that it was like another time where I felt like, wow, there's just so much more to him than I knew. It's like discovering a whole nother side of the person you're married to. And it's a side that's beautiful. And, and all you want to do is explore it. Absolutely. That's totally what I was feeling. Um, I remember just a few days before I got saved, there was a neighbor of mine was a Buddhist. And for about a minute, I, I thought about that. And I think that was maybe the final straw. No, 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 no. Come on. And um, yeah, I just fell in love with him. And like I said, the day before, if you'd asked me if I was a Christian or I believed in God, maybe I would have said yes. Maybe I would have said no. Yeah. It's been on the day. But it was different. It was totally different. I I was just soaking up his word and everything. After that, I just... I fell in love with him in many different ways. And he is definitely worth being in love with. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so uh, I know that, you know, we actually, I'll just tell the listeners, you know, we know each other. We actually met through mutual friend kind of on Facebook. And I know that you have a real strong desire to help guide people through truth. And so this man that approached you, um, I just, you know, want to put this out there for the listeners too, that, he'll use us. So when we've, you know, there's times, and I don't know if you can recall this, Vern, maybe you could share a story if you have, or maybe you haven't, but I know there's times that the fathers wanted me to pray for someone or to approach someone in my flesh. My stubbornness is like, oh, I don't want to waste my time. Like they're, you know, they're, but look at you, right? He probably was thinking that about you. Like this guy's not ready to change. We don't know who's ready to change. We don't know who needs that word. If we feel that pull, to go have a conversation with somebody we need to obey and we need to go have that conversation. It may not look pretty and they may tell us to bug off. That doesn't even matter. That's not the point. The point is we want everyone to have Yeshua Messiah or who the world calls Jesus as their savior. And that entry point for you was someone being bold enough to approach you at a swimming pool while you were drinking to say, I really just want to, pray with you. You know, I really feel like the Holy Spirit wants you to be convicted by this, change your life, get right with God. Right. Have you had that experience where you felt prodded to specifically talk to someone like you can say, Oh yeah, it was this person. And I'm not sure. But yeah, something occurred to me, something happened years ago that was just kind of cool. Um, there was a lady that would, lived near me and I, I don't think she might have been homeless. I don't think I think she was very low income and she had uh custody of her grandchild because she was always pushing a young boy around. And one time I'm driving home and I come to a stop sign and she was right there walking on the sidewalk and I just felt you know I didn't hear a voice but I, I felt God tell me, go bless her. I'm like, what? Go bless her. And uh and I kind of stopped for a minute. And I think I did a U-turn and I, I parked. I'm sitting there, what does that mean? What does that even mean, go bless her? And I just again, I felt the impression saying, go bless her. He doesn't always give a lot of information. Sometimes he just wants you to act on faith, Vern, for sure. I feel I, that. I, I, got out, I got out of my pickup and I walked across the street and I say, excuse me, you know, I think I said, you're going to think I'm crazy, but God just told me to bless you and there was like a little convenience store around the corner. I said, can I meet you there and I'll, I'll buy you a few things or something? Cause I'm like, I don't even know what this means, but that's what's coming to mind. So 
I could tell that she was about uncomfortable as I was. And she said, yeah, okay, I guess so. So she, I, I got my pickup and she walked. So I got there and I think I spent like 10, 15 bucks. And by the time I got out, her and the little boy were just coming up. And I handed the, the little the bag to the little boy. And he opened it up. And the look he gave me was worth a million dollars. He it was like he just looked at me and he had said he was a cute kid, little toehead boy, and he just looked at me and and like wow, <laughs> I would have paid a hundred bucks for for that view. And so yeah, that's the only story that uh, popped in my head. That I, I love I, that I so got, much. That is such a great I got story. Repaid, Thank you for sharing I got that. Repaid, I got repaid that day, and I hope that maybe someday that boy will remember that. Yeah, I had a story like that once. I was. Um, picking someone up from the airport. I think I was picking up a family. I think my mom, I think I was picking up my mom from an airport and there was a lady kind of waiting, not too far away from me. And for some reason, I just kept looking at her. Like, I just felt like there was something with her going on with her and whoever she was waiting for got off the plane and, you know, came out the exit ramp and they just embraced for a second and they started walking. And I felt that same thing. My prompt in my spirit, like you need to go pray for them. And I don't know anything. I've never talked to him. I don't know what they need prayer for or anything. And what my mom, I saw my mom coming. So I'm like, Oh, what do I do? Do I leave my mom? Do I chase after these people? My mom will be like, where are you, you know, where are you going? And so I'm like, okay, father, I think you were telling me to pray for them, but I'm going to get my mom. And if you want me to pray for them, then you'll make a way, right? Like it, you're, yeah. you're able. And I will, if I see them again, I will. And so we walk out of the airport and we're walking out to the parking lot and they are parked right next to us. And so I'm like, okay, I get it. So I went up to the window and I knocked on the window and I'm sure it, it was the middle of the day and it was a very small airport, but she was probably like, you know, she's rolling down her window, looking at me like, what do you want? And I said, <laughs> I am sorry. And I know this is going to sound really strange, but I believe I'm supposed to pray for you. And she and her sister started bawling. The sister came in from out of state because their dad had just died. And so I, I said, can I pray with you right here in the parking lot? You don't even need to get out of the car. And I grabbed both of their hands and I prayed and it was the same thing, Vern. I got in my car and I just was overwhelmed. I'm like, did he just use me to give a, a, a word of comfort to someone I didn't even know because I didn't know their situation. I didn't know anything about them. And it's just when we respond like that, like your neighbor did for you, like you yeah. did for that lady, like I did for this, these sisters, this, this brings the kingdom of heaven to earth. This is exactly yeah. what that is all about is, is just being obedient to the things that he is prompting in our spirit. As long as those things align with the word, some people will say they're being prompted, but it doesn't align with the word of God. So we know that that's not true. But anyway, that's true. what a beautiful yep. testimony. Thank you so much for sharing and joining me today. Um, before we wrap up, I just like people to share a favorite scripture or verse that's either been comforting, energizing, you know, giving you encouragement in a difficult time, something that you think the listeners might like to hear so i like to end with scripture do you have something you can share yeah uh definitely i got two um sure the first is in genesis when uh it's joseph speaking 
And da, da, da. he's speaking to his brothers, I believe. And he says, actually, the shirt I got on has a reference to this. It has it right here. Sorry about that. I had it saved. And That's okay. And, and, and I think this in relation to um, the criminal who, who I dealt with with my mom. Um, Joseph said to him, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Mm. And I, I think about that, you know, this is criminal. He, he was just criminal. But God used those circumstances in a powerful way to bring me to him. And um, so, yeah, that one's always been good to me. I, I, I seen this shirt. I don't know if you can see, but on more the shirt good. it says, and then on the back it talks about that, that verse more. But um, my other favorite verse is really, so I mentioned how for the first couple of years I was on, uh, what was the term you used? Uh, romance or intimate or something with the father? When I said uh, I was infatuated, infatuated. Mm-hmm. So th- th- that wore off, and I'm naturally not a really emotional person. And uh, I read this one, and and this re- re- resonated with me in that my connection to the father now is not based on the fuzzy wuzzy feelings I had those first couple of years, but just the solid fact that he is faithful. And, and I know that in Isaiah 50 and verse 10 says, who among you fears Jehovah or the Lord who among you fear, fears Jehovah and obeys the word of his servant. Let him who walks in the dark, who has no not, who has no light trust in the name of Jehovah and rely on his God. Mm, and, yeah. and, and I like that, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't feel like I used to feel, but it doesn't matter. I know that my God is faithful and that's all that matters. That is so beautiful. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Praise Podcast. I am blessed by your testimony. Thank you. Thanks for having me.